Hey, this is Trick Shooter Social Club, and you're listening to Radio 1 Chicago.
All right, this is Radio 1 Chicago. My name is Hex, and I have Steve in from Trick Shooter Social Club. Hey, Hex. Hey, Steve. How's it going? Going really well, man. Great. Thanks. Thank so, you. Thanks for having us. For <laughs> sure. Well, thank you for coming in. I appreciate it. Um, new album. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you very much. So is this your first full-blown album? or Second album for okay. uh, Trick Shooter for the unit that we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just released it about two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and we're pretty excited. Um, and that was at Cubby Bear? It was, actually, we had a release party at House of Blues. Okay. Oh, House um, of Blues. Yeah. Awesome. It was wow. A real thrill. I played like two Fridays ago. Um, so we were able to play a lot of the new material, and it was just, it was a great night. It's such a great venue. And it's a beautiful sounding venue. Amazing. Yeah. And, um... You know, they're great, too. They're, they just treat you well, and we had a really nice uh, nice turnout. It was just a really cool experience. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so tell, give, let's get, because this is the first time that you're in the studio with us, so sure. why don't you give us a little bit of history in regards to who you guys are? Yeah, totally, totally. So, you know, there's sort of two principal writers in the band, Larry and myself, and uh, we were in a band prior to, the, prior to this uh-huh. that ended, and we just started kind of messing around with acoustics just sort of writing and uh, yeah. we're up in Edgewater and it was so funny because this guy had like he had an ad out for a studio I think it was the guy's <laughs> like basement like literally uh-huh. his wife was like making tacos upstairs so like this winter about five winters ago we would just hole up there a couple times a week and just started like scratching out tunes Oh wow! and um, you know it was the bones of everything that you're hearing now and it was just you know trying to do stuff that just had some some integrity and just some substance and trying to tell stories and it if it could work acoustically we felt like we could broaden it and scale it yeah and so once we had a, a pile of material that we felt pretty good about we started bolting on musicians and the way we sort of designed it I and mean, it truly is a social club so we've you know we've been in bands in bands forever mm-hmm. and there's that whole you know four guys staring at their shoes <laughs> our, our band versus your band there, yeah. right? and I just wanted to crack that wide open so we have a nucleus um, and a core but we also bolt on musicians that we like and respect um, you know, our band will ebb and flow. We've had as many as nine, as, wow. as few as four. Um, so it's really important. You know, we really wanted sort of the thread to be community. So we wanted the band to feel like a community. We wanted, you know, community with our audience and hopefully, you know, with a broader audience that can hear the music. So that was, there was kind of a, a design to it. And it, uh-huh. it feels like it's organically being what we kind of hoped it would be. I think that's really cool that you did kind of start off with like the stripped down version and then you added the layers because then that kind of allows you to understand that like this song really works. Totally, totally. As opposed to just being like, ah, we'll just throw all this fluff at it first. I totally agree. I mean, we felt like if it could work acoustically and simply and it could hold up and it felt like like a legit, credible piece of music, um, then, yeah, we can add to it, we can stretch it, we can play with it, but we wanted to have a real basis and real foundation. So on the point of you guys actually starting to show up to the studio to the point of your first gig, roughly what was the time span there? How, how long did that take? It was probably a good two years, mm-hmm. 18 months or so, uh-huh. um, to really sort of start getting the material down finding musicians. What we were doing, though, we kind of stepped up as we went. We would play smaller shows, acoustic shows, you know, sort of experiment a little bit here and there, but then to really kind of come out and be like, here we are, it was probably a good, you know, year and a half or so. Because you have such a rotation of, of musicians in the in the live setup, what is your, what do you feel comfortable as, like, your core instrumentation when you play out? Sure, sure, for sure. You know, we generally will always be sort of bass drums, a um, couple guitars, and a keyboard, mm-hmm. and, and that's sort of like the nucleus. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really the, the foundation. But then, you know, we play a lot. We have a, a great slide steel player that plays with us a ton. Yeah. Fiddlers. We've had uh, accordions, um, <laughs> you know. And, and it's really, you know, our, our whole the whole model was just, you know, trying to make music that feels like the bones of rock and roll. So you'll yeah. hear rock, you'll hear blues, you'll hear blues grass, you'll hear country, um, all infused. So it's really cool to be able to bolt on some of these other instruments. And we've been blessed with just some great players. And so we're able to sort of organically, you know, flex it out to be a bigger band we want to be. And the other question that I had in regards to kind of later recording, translating over to 
like live performance. It's very full sounding. You have lots of beautiful harmonies. You have uh, you oh, know thanks. a couple of different vocalists on there, which sounds great. It just it's all weaves really well with all of it. How do you guys kind of like? Because that can get lost oh, yeah. live. How do you guys kind of like manage that? I, I tend <laughs> I, I tend to be the administrator slash traffic cop actually. Right, exactly. And because it is, I mean, again, it's it's a it's a good problem to have because we have some really awesome players and and we do we like melody, we like texture. Yeah. Um, we like it to be really organic, so we're not you know it's everything that's being played off of you know instruments that were played forty years ago. Um, <laughs> but we do have a lot of intersecting lines, and yeah. so you know part of I think what I try to do live is really sort of traffic cop it a little bit and. Again, you know, we're really generous players, so people aren't like looking to make a statement with right. their solo. Um, you know, we're always about less is more. Serve the song. These are the things that you hear a lot in rehearsal. But you do need someone kind of live doing a little bit of you know band directing, and that tends to be my role, just because I tend to be in the middle. But I think I think what you were describing there kind of makes the music stick out just a little bit more because it's not like here's this blazing solo, but there each instrument gets its own time yeah. in some sense where you're like it does get to shine but it's not like outshining anybody else but it does get it's like little spotlight yeah, which I, I think is it's very hard to do I really appreciate that. That's 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 hopefully by design. And again, we you know <laughs> we, uh, you know, we really it, it, and it comes a little bit from being in bands yeah. where that's not always the case where people right. want to you know play for the guitar teacher that's in the back of their head or that right. girlfriend they had twenty years ago that you know. And so you know we just have gotten to a place with this band where it's like you know we're lucky we have good players but we don't need to to throw that in your face. We just choicefully find our moments and again try to serve the song and uh, melodies everything. Like you know it's funny because Larry and I again will sort of write the material we'll bring it to the band but everybody's a writer in their own right and they'll bring things to it and it's really fun to sort of grow it together as a unit too yeah i do definitely want to get into that let's get into another track sure. by you guys and then we'll kind of talk about more about how you guys write with the addition of other people absolutely great and we'll be back here on radio one Fools don't take no shit off anyone. That's another 
Chesterfield and rides off in the sun. Watch him run, watch him run, watch him run. Radio 1 Chicago here on 88.7. I have Steve from Trick Shooter Social Club. Um, so we heard a second track from you guys off your recently released album. Correct, yep. Um, what's the title of the album? Generator. Generator. Yep. And you have, so you got like this fancy like uh, tube amp <laughs> or yeah, a yeah. tube. Yeah. Which I'm assuming goes to an amp yep. with a little horseshoe in yep. it. Um Kind of explain, because I mean, I, I hear it in the music, but maybe, you know, explain that to the listeners, because I'm sure there's like, there's a little bit of a theme there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, two things. I, I do need to thank um, our resident artist, Camp Boyer. We have a visual artist that we work with who um, does our artwork, who's amazing. And he interpreted, listening to the music, that he came up with that design. And, wow. Uh-huh. And sort of the central metaphor for the album, um, you know, Generator, I stumbled on that with Larry like early on. And um, I think the two core themes of the album are sort of redemption and resiliency, which I think are just two core themes of life. And there's sort of the, the more base metaphor of just like the first thing you hear after the flood or after the disaster is somewhere in the horizon, you hear a generator fire up. It's sort of like the first, <laughs> yeah. first, first glimpse of hope of like, yeah. you know, we're, we're getting back on our feet. And they tend to be loud and greasy and sloppy, yeah. but they're effective and they're, they're that first dirty glimmer of hope. And it's just such an interesting... Uh, juxtaposition that yeah. I was yeah. like, you know, that that was interesting to me. And then the sort of the, the loftier metaphors, I think, as a musician, you sort of have to be a generator, you have to be a maker and a conjurer, especially now, and not just your music, but your your you know your ability to get shows, ability to sell your music, ability to get heard. So that notion of it all sort of has to start from a core um, generator just felt like a really appropriate metaphor for the album. Yeah, I definitely want to talk about that in a second, but um, still kind of like sticking to almost the metaphor of the logo that's on this yeah, yeah. album. Um, I kind of want to bridge that to you originally being from Detroit and kind of like the music scene there, not only Detroit, but then the surrounding, because there is like, especially in that song, to me, I hear almost like these punk vocals, yeah. but then I, you have like this country fiddle. 
yeah, yeah. So, in it, you know. Um, can you go into a little bit about that? Absolutely, and you see it in that design. To your point, with the tube amp, which sort of is a, is just a you know it is rock and roll, the heart of rock, yeah. right? Dirty rock, like you know Iggy and the Stooges, Detroit, MC Five, Detroit. Mm-hmm. The Horseshoe is sort of more of that country, <laughs> country provincial Detroit, which is also pretty awesome. I mean, like you know, it's it's not far. You get twenty minutes outside the city proper, and it gets pretty country pretty quick, and that's awesome too. And and that notion of that sort of that gritty, dirty rock, and you hear it in you know the the, the Seeger song from the seventies and eighties. <laughs> you know, it's a, there's that weird connection. Um, the, all of that's kind of baked in. And growing up in Detroit, I think all that just sort of seeps into your pores a little bit. Mm-hmm. We had a we had a really cool. Um, semi-review on, one of the, on that particular song and they talked about it sounded like the clash going down to the bayou yeah and, and, yeah, I, yeah. and I think that's kind of right and we had you know there's there's elements of punk in our music that, you know and that's you know not to interject but or not to interrupt but um that's what I was that was the word I was trying to look for was like the bayou yeah. because there was there was that and I was like I didn't want to really say country but I couldn't figure out that word in my mind and it's definitely far more bio bayou than it is country. Absolutely. That that song in particular gets a little swampy and a little sort of soupy and that's also by design. I mean like our music, you know, we want it to feel really organic and feel like, you know, music sort of of the people. It's the stuff that you hear on porches and the stuff you can tap your toes to and mm-hmm. sing along with and, and sing loud to. Um, we want we want to serve that tradition. Hopefully, put our own stamp on it and our own spin on it. We don't. This is not like a, a tribute band to the bands we love, but to take the stuff that we admire and to humbly be a part of a tradition and maybe put our own stamp on it would be a great thing that we'd like to try to well, achieve. Like I said, when I heard it, it's more like you you hear the influence of the genres yep. and not so much like a specific artist. Right. So I definitely feel like it is definitely your own thing. You can tell you're pulling from here and there and there, but you can't, it's not like, oh, I totally hear Iggy Pop in this, or I totally hear, you know, whoever's from NOLA. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I, so I really, to me, it does, it does, while it has a familiar feel, it's still very original in in its thought and and the way it sounds. That's great. I appreciate that. that. That, That's the hope. Um, I did want to kind of cut back um, into writing, because I knew I wanted to hit on that a little bit, because you, you have your core your core music, you know, that you kind of do with acoustic, and then you say you kind of start adding on these players. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about that relationship, because it it sounds like it's a very, um, it's very open with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So Larry Liss, who's the other principal writer with me, and we sort of founded uh, Trick Shooter, um, he and I will tend to get a song, you know, kind of up on its knees. And, And by that, we sort of arrange it. We sort of know where it wants to go. We sort of know the progressions the pieces and parts. We've tried it where we just kind of come in and let's all write together and sometimes that just falls flat because there's just you need a little something to start with. Mm-hmm. So the way we've sort of organically headed is we come in with, you know, an idea or a handful of ideas, kind of know what we're doing and then we introduce them to the band. But we we're always, you know, that's where our hopefully our generosity comes in. We really it's an open thing, you know. We're like, "Please contribute. Let's talk about it." You know, ultimately you got to move forward and you got to make some decisions, but we try to have something they can react to, hop in with you know, and sort of join, put, put their stamp on as well. Have you ever had any situations where you're like coming, you're like coming, this is the chorus, and they're like, no, that's a verse, or something, like, you know? <laughs> that usually happens <laughs> a, a, all the time. That's usually, that, that's usually Larry and I, because like we, by the time we get to the band, we usually are on some sort of agreement on, okay, I think we got there. Yeah. But getting to there when it's still that sort of magma, mm-hmm. absolutely. It'd be like, you know that chorus that you're liking so much? That's actually a bridge. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and all the time. And we've got a, a pretty strong um, writing relationship and just that intimacy of being able to be like, dude, that, that, not that. And, you know, and that's where we sort of will, you know, wrestle yeah. it out. And, uh, yeah. but by the time it gets to the band, we usually used to have a, something that we're kind of bought off on. Um, 
I tend to handle all the lyrics. We, lyrics usually follow the music, mm-hmm. but I'm always kind of writing them. Um, mm-hmm. So like that last song we just heard, Watch Him Run, is really, I wrote that as almost like a three-act play. There's three principal characters. It's all about the notion of what people run to and run from, from you know, and the, the thought was, you know, everybody on some level is running from something or running to something. So we just sort of put it into three specific stories with a chorus of just, you know, a beautiful humming, you know, whoa, whoa chorus just to kind of give us a break yeah. you know and and so like once we have sort of the spine of it written then i usually really put pen to paper on lyrics and try to um you know figure out what it wants to be in terms of lyrics so once again we're speaking to steve from trick shooter social club you guys have a show coming up we do yeah we're playing cubby bear on uh, november 11th mm-hmm. um which we're thrilled about it should be a really fun show uh, we played there recently about a month ago and it was a blast it was uh it was really fun we haven't played there in a long time yeah and uh yeah we had a really good time so we're heading back Great. And if people want to get a hold of you, find you on the internet and all that, get your album, what are yeah, some absolutely. of the best ways to do that? You know, we're distributed anywhere you get music. So any of the streaming sites, wherever you buy your downloads, um, and then trickshootersocialclub.com mm-hmm. will get you to our, our main site. We're also on Facebook. So if you just kind of Google around Trick Shooter, you'll, you'll stumble into us. Great. Um, any future plans? You know, it's more of the same. You know, we want to record more. We want to play more. Um, you know, we've had a really nice... You know, our goal was, you know, fewer better. So we've had a really nice, you know, year, year and a half. We're going to play Lincoln Hall and Metro and House of Blues. I'd like to do more of that. Um, like to play with like-minded bands. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just get deeper in the material and write more. So, uh, you know, our, our goals are more intrinsic. Like, make more music you believe in and, and play some shows you can be proud of. Yeah. And I hope more people, you know, get a chance to hear it and, and, and listen in. Awesome. Well, Steve, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, thank you. And Hexy, before sure. before I go, if I can yes, just give a shout please, out. Please do it. Do it. I got to give a shout out to Johnny, my main man, to Gracie, my beautiful daughter, and Karen, my beautiful wife, there, who are awesomely supportive and big music fans and put up with a lot of pedals and guitars around the house. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got to give a big shout out to those guys. And thank you. This has been a real thrill, man. We really Great. appreciate it. For sure. Thank you so much for coming in, Steve. Once again, Trick Shooter Social Club, TrickShooterSocialClub.com. Right. And we have another song, then we'll be back with Radio 1.
Once upon a time salvation Up a hill in the Michigan line And the dreams of a tired nation Close the doors and we went inside There's a sign with the bullet dip 